This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to a special podcast with former Liverpool defender Stephen Warnock. My name is Paul Wheelock and if you're listening on the Anfield Plus section of our LFC Echo app, thanks for joining me as ever. And also a big hello to anyone listening on any other platforms. Hopefully you'll know by now that we are now publishing our spin-off Anfield Plus shows to the excellent Blood Red podcast on all the main channels. Right, earlier this week we welcomed Stephen Warnock to the Echo Studios, mainly to talk about Saturday's match for cancer and the man he will be playing alongside at Celtic Park, his friend and Liverpool midfielder James Milner. Milner will be captaining a team managed by current Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp on Saturday and they will line up against the Celtic team managed by former Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers and captained by Stylian Petrov, who was diagnosed with leukaemia in 2012. Stephen played with Petrov and Milner during his time at Aston Villa and every penny raised from the match will be devoted to tackling cancer through the Celtic FC Foundation, the Stylian Petrov Foundation and the James Milner Foundation. So we kicked off by talking about the match and about Petrov before talk turned to Milner, Liverpool's start to the season, Stephen's media career and coaching aspirations and much more else besides. Enjoy. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined by Stephen Warnock now. Stephen, good to see you, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, yeah the last time we caught up was in May when we had a look back at your fantastic playing career after you uh, announced your retirement. But we fast forward four months and you're getting ready to, to pull the boots on again, aren't you, for a very special charity match this weekend? Yeah, um, very honoured to be asked to play in, in, in this game. Uh, it's a, a match for cancer it's been billed as, which is um, James Milner's charity uh, the James Milner Foundation coming up against Stillian Petrov's foundation. Uh, obviously, Stillian's uh, in remission from re- recovering from leukaemia, and I think it's a, an exciting game. And y- you see the names on show and and the support that people are getting behind it. Yeah, you you look at the all lineup, the team Milner lineup got some cracking players in there. Then you look at the the team Petrov one as well, a Stoichkov, Larson. You know, some big names you'll be up against on there on Saturday. Yeah, I think when you you look at it like that and you. You see, like some Mendieta as well, and um, big names who've who've come to 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 throw the the support behind it. I think it shows the the level of both players. Um, obviously, Stillian's well thought of in the football world after everything he's been through, um, and James is well thought of from his his, his career. And I think it's just a, a something that players and ex-players find that they can. If they can help out in any way, and and an occasion as such as this is is incredible. And for me, it's one of them where it sort of ticks a few boxes. Is that yeah, it's getting the boots back on and having a bit of fun, uh, enjoying the day, um, the the opportunity to play at Celtic Park, which is something I never got to do in my career. So to go there and to to sample a bit of atmosphere there, um, and to just to. To support the charity is the most important thing uh, in this whole thing, and hopefully, people get uh, made aware by it. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to your captain on the day, James Miller, in a little bit. But let's talk about the opposition captain, Stillian Petrov. You you played with him at Aston Villa when you were together as teammates, and you, you were there. I understand at the time when he was first diagnosed with leukemia in two thousand and twelve. Can you tell us a little bit about that time, and, and tell us about the man, you know, and what he's done then, and what he's done since? Uh, yeah, Stillian's a, a phenomenal man, as in. Um, when I first went into Villa, he was he was captain, and he was. Uh, you can see why he's captain. He's such a good guy. Not just um, not just with the players, with 
organisation, sort of nights out for players and their wives and, and, and partners and trying to, to bring everyone together and um, a, a genuine great guy. When we were at, we were playing Arsenal away and he was he, he wasn't having a good game. Uh, he won't mind me saying that. Um, and he came in at half-time and he just said, I think the manager d- dug him out a little bit and he just said, all right, then well, I'll come off. And he, he threw his boots down a bit of a huff and he was like, well, I don't want you to come off. I just want you to, to up your game. And he pulled the doctor at half-time and he just said, listen, I'm knackered. He says, I don't know what's up with me. He says, one minute I feel great, next minute I'm knackered and whatever. So he went back out in the second half, came off after about, sort of, I think it was around about 70 minutes or so, blood tests after the game and then the next thing is we know he's diagnosed with it and it was just... And the, the bad thing was we were all at half-time, it's just like, just get on with it and you you just get caught up. You never think someone's going to be suffering from leukaemia and having the ability to carry on playing. I mean, what he must have been feeling at that time must have been incredible. But, um, yeah, so to... To sort of fight back the way he has, um, he's got a very supportive family around him with Paulina, his wife, and his, his two children, who were obviously a lot younger at the time, but um, it must have been such a tough time for them. And to, and to come through it in the way he has, and he's tried to give playing a go again, it wasn't, it didn't work out, he probably wasn't up to the level he was at before, but I think he, he just enjoys having his health and happiness now. Yeah, and he's doing good work with his, with his charity, as you touched on there. You've got the James Milner Foundation, Stillian Petrov Foundation and the Celtic FC Foundation. It's good to give something back, isn't it, as an ex-pro? Yeah, I think it is, I think. But when you're at the level he was at, uh, the way he's respected within the football world, and the, it was it was one of the biggest shocks in football when it came out. Uh, it was such a, a, a tough time for a lot of people. Um, to to believe that it could happen to someone and someone so fit as him and and that was the big shock within our changing room was that he was one of the fittest players and uh, really looked after himself so yeah I think when you when you've got his name and you can try and push it as much as you can you've got to use your name as, as uh, to the most positive uh, as as much as you can if you like to to get get the message across and to try and help others out. Definitely. When he was diagnosed, I know it's this classic cliche when something terrible like this happens to you, friends or family, that it puts things into perspective. But did it change you or the players' kind of like outlook on, on your career when you see your teammates being, you know, being diagnosed with such a terrible illness? Yeah, I, I think there's there's different things, different ways of looking at it. I, I'll I'd probably admit it, I probably never have admitted this before, but I took a back step from Stillian because I didn't know what to say to him. I didn't know how to approach him. I didn't know what to say to his family. Um, I got given the the captaincy when he obviously had to step down, and I probably focused probably too much on that because we were in a relegation battle at the time, and I didn't really take Stillian into consideration as much as I probably should have, and that's not a nice thing to say. But I was trying to do the right thing by us and keeping us in the league, and thinking. I can't really have much of an impact on Stilly, and that's something that's completely out of our hands. So uh, I'll openly hold my hands up and and say that. But um, when you, you look at what he's done and how he's fought against it, you you can't help but have a, a look at it when you get the chance to step back and think, God, you are so lucky at times and you don't realise it. He'll certainly get a massive reception back at another club. He was loved Celtic on Saturday. 
but you'll be on the opposition team, managed by Jurgen Klopp as a Liverpool fan, former Liverpool player. How how how, how well are you looking forward to that? To, to playing under him for a, an afternoon. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how he is in around the change room. I'm not sure. Listen, he's not going to be full pelt like he is at a, at a normal game, but um, just to be in his company and and see how he works and what he's like as a man. I've I've seen him behind the camera working for sort of other companies when after games and. Uh, he comes across as genuinely a, a very nice guy. I think his his message to Brendan this week yeah. uh, on social media sums him up as a guy and and the type of character he is. He's a fun guy, and yeah, I'm look I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm looking forward to playing against Stillian's team as well. When you you look at some of the players on show, we've got Lewis Garcia and Dirk Cout as well. So be uh, be good to kick them a couple of times as well. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you can. Can still play now, mate. You only finished a few months ago. But do you know if all the lads have been in training for this? The ones who may have retired a, a little earlier. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I, t- to be honest, I think there's a lot of players and uh, or past players um, who keep themselves fit anyway. I think there's a pride thing as to to how you look. You don't want to be sort of going on uh, on media duties and yeah. being overweight and things like that. Or if you're a manager or a coach, you you want to look the part and feel the part. So. Um, I think everyone will be okay. I think there'll be a decent level of fitness. It won't be uh, a Premier League standard, if you like, but I think we'll be okay. If we're all at the same level, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, this is a big thing now, isn't it? The Liverpool legends go on tours around the world. You know, the way we look at it, we, we see bands who we like growing up who do reunions and carry on playing all the greatest hits. Do you think this is a big thing now where, you know, you could almost have like a league with former players playing against each other, representing their old clubs? Well, he tried it with the uh, the five-a-sides, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, the, the, the Masters yeah. League and things like that. And I think it's trying to to find a niche in the market that is uh, appeals to people to make it work, to get the crowds in. But the Liverpool legends have done fantastic when they've when they've gone to to games and the sellouts that they've had and the players that have played in them. It 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 really is. It's it's brilliant and hopefully I can be a part of that in the future. Yeah, you've got a lot of media work on your place. When we spoke last about your career, obviously you got your coaching uh, aspirations as well. But you know, play well on Saturday, maybe get picked up for the legends. Wouldn't mind that trip to Australia or Asia or somewhere like that. Yeah, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I spoke to uh, Jason McAteer not so long ago. I think he had a game in Dortmund, and he just said, "God, you should have played." Uh, didn't realise that you were. Um, oh, we need to pass your details on to to whoever sorts it all out and uh, get your name on the list. So, yeah, you see, hopefully play well at the weekend and uh, get a look in. Let's talk about your captain and a friend of yours. I know you might not want a shower of room praise, but we're going to try and get that. James Milner, uh, his work off the field, whose foundation deserves all the credit in the world, but he's getting plenty of plaudits for the way he's playing for Liverpool at the moment and, and last season. How have you made of his performances? He's been brilliant. I think he's it's typical James, as as I know him, playing and, and as a person as well. It gives everything he's got um, to anything he does, whether that's learning to play golf, learning a language. It's it, it's like he, he's, he's 100% all in or he won't bother. I think that's the same with the charity as well. I think sometimes when you set a charity up, there's a how's it going to work sort of scenario in the back of your head and what's going to happen. But he, he's thrown himself 100% into it and um, his performances on the football field is putting everyone to shame because... He's arguably getting better with age. With yeah. age, um, whether that's learning more about the game, whether that's the manager who's come in, who's helped him develop more, whether it's being at the club that's sort of pushed him on further. 
but he's certainly uh, he's making life difficult for the manager because I think at the the start of pre-season there would have been a lot of people saying that he wouldn't have got into the team and now they're all saying well it's who do you put in alongside him He's the type of character when he would have seen Naby Keita, Fabinho come in to think knuckle down even more you know I've, I've really got to even try and up my game even as well as he played last season yeah that's that's completely his attitude to everything is that when someone else walks through the door, he'll set the standard, and it's up for them, up to them to either match it or beat it. Um, but he'll just keep on raising his even more and more. And again, you, you don't play at the level he's played at for so long, and the clubs that he's played at without being an an, an elite player. Um, there's there's world class, and listen, he, he, I for me he is in that bracket of of being world class because he's done it so long. Uh, on a consistent level now, which is just phenomenal. Because again, he looks fitter, he looks stronger, his game looks like it's improving all the time. So to be up there with the Champions League assists, yeah, record last yeah, season, wasn't he's it? just equalled David Beckham's record for assists as well in the Premier League. Now you're putting him in the bracket with some of the best players in the world in world football. So it just shows the level he's at. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Do you think sometimes he's been underrated, his technical ability, his actual football ability? We all know he's a, a leader, a, a great character and a, and a team player. But do you think under Klopp we're actually beginning to maybe appreciate just how great a footballer he is as well? It's difficult for me to say that because I've I've seen him at first hand. I know what he can do. Uh, I know how much technically better he is than other players. I think the thing with James is, is that or with other players as well, is you can have technically great players, but they won't run around the pitch as much as him, um, whereas he does the ugly side of the game as well. His ability on the ball is up there with the best, um, but he's also got this this work rate that people can't live with as well. So putting the two together is is an incredible player when you can, when you can match them up. So I think um, you always say you need p- piano carriers in your team, and the only way I could think of, I was trying to think of something that you could put it down to. You need a piano carrier, but when you hear a good song, often it's the piano that's in the in the song that makes a song. Mm-hmm. And he's like the perfect piano player. Yeah. And every time he makes everything work around him, and it makes for a better team. Um, he was the same when he was at Manchester City. The players played. You like Sir David Silvers and and people like this. They all played better when James played within the team because they knew he'd do the other side of the game that had set them off and it was infectious. And that came naturally to him, whereas some people need someone else to set that off to follow, whereas James has got that naturally in his game all the time. I mean, it's a great analogy. And just to come back to another really good point you made there about how players, not just James, can get invigorated by a manager. Is, is that true? You know, can you know, <sighs> someone come in, you think... God, this is. I'm going to become better under this guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you, you manages everything. Um, it's like having a a company, and you you like your boss, you like working for him. You go in every day, and you can't wait to get into work. It's the same in a football club. You've got a manager you enjoy playing for who sets new different training sessions up to improve you, to make you hard, to challenge you. I think when you you go in and you're getting challenged every day, but it's enjoyable to be challenged. It ups your levels. I think Jürgen's obviously that type of manager. You look at Chelsea at the moment and you hear from 
Willian and Eden Hazard and Morata. And they're all saying, well, we don't need to leave the club now. We've got a manager who we play a certain style. We enjoy training. We enjoy what he's doing. Suddenly, they're fresh people. It's like having a new player. It's that old cliche, a brand new player at the club. But it is. Uh, managers can have that influence on players and can bring the best out of them. Jürgen said that James could play till he's 36, 37, 38. You've done that, you know, up, up until recently. Not at his level. Not, no, no, to be fair, but it still takes some going, doesn't it? You know, when you've he's been playing in the Premier League since 16 in particular, but what does it take to, to carry on playing at a high level, you know, professional level, you know, with that age? Loving the game, uh, enjoying it. Again, going in every day and, and having a smile on your face and enjoying doing what you're doing. Um a winning mentality it makes it a lot easier as well when you're winning constantly and you're playing well as he is at Liverpool at the moment um, but he looks after himself so well as well I, I, people don't see that behind the scenes as to the commitment and what he puts into to making sure that he's ready to step on the pitch every day um, and it does take a lot of sacrifice but he more than others is willing to go that extra mile and, and do it more so than, than others are yeah, before we get on to yourself and, and Liverpool this season, I think since James has been on Twitter as well, we've really get to see his personality. But I imagine you've known about that for years, haven't you? Yeah, I think he he's obviously had the... Uh, someone's made a parody account of him and things like that. His sense of humour is brilliant. I think you, whenever you see pictures on Liverpool social media or other people's and he's always laughing and joking, he has got a great sense of humour. I think he's... He plays on it a bit as well. He knows that people are expecting certain things, so he'll have a laugh at himself. And yeah, he's he's just a good good all round character. So if you win on Saturday, a few Ribenas to celebrate. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> Get a Creighton. It was a great tweet. <laughs> Fair dues to Liverpool. Then four wins from four, top of the table going into the international break. Have been good, or is there any room for improvement? What have you made of it? There's always room for improvement, I think. But that's the that's the uh, the good thing at the moment is that. You look at the Brighton game, Brighton were a tough team to break down. They had chances, Liverpool, and created a few. But equally, Brighton did create a couple of uh, chances themselves, which is it's always going to happen. And you had Alisson, who made a, a fantastic save late on in the game to, to keep Liverpool in it. But that's the type of game that Liverpool might have drawn last year. So you have to take a positive from that. I thought away against Leicester when they went 2-0 up, they looked very comfortable at times, but were put under immense pressure by Leicester. I think that'll be. Um, I think you've seen a few players come out from from Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp and say we must improve the possession, how to keep it and to to take the sting out the game. But that'll come again during the season once the players still get fitter. You've still got lads coming back from World Cup duty who need to get up to speed still, and that's something that's massively important. Um, barring the mistake from from Allison, I think Liverpool would have been quite comfortable, and and that caused a lot of pressure on the team. Is that really the case? You know, you've been to a World Cup. When you come back, obviously it's a shorter summer, particularly for those players. Is your first five or six games almost like a, a continuation of pre-season and such? It is, yeah. I think you're seeing it at Spurs at the moment. I think they're they're a little bit up and down. They looked short on energy against Watford, whereas they looked high on energy against United and in the second half in particular. I think there's a lot of players who'll take sort of 10 games to get themselves going. I found it difficult when I came back from the World Cup to um, to really get up to speed again to where I wanted to be. And I didn't really hit that until about October, November time because 
my body just wasn't used to it. I think a lot of the players now are used to playing in, in, in tournaments in the summer and they find that they don't need the rest or they get very little rest and they, they try and give them rest within the uh, the season at the clubs. But um, I expect Liverpool will manage that well. I think Jurgen Klopp has managed it well anyway in, in that the fact that he, he didn't want players to come back at a certain time and held them back. That squad looks a lot stronger now, doesn't it, to, to hopefully compete on all fronts? It does look stronger. Uh, you, you, you've got to say that. I think when you, you look at it now, all the positions that the fans wanted addressing have been addressed. I think the return of Joe Gomez this year has been massive. I think he's such a talented player. I think he would have gone to the World Cup if it had been fit. He looks for me a better centre half than he does a right back I think but he's equally comfortable when he plays there but I think it suits him being a centre half Naby Keita looks like he's just hit the ground running and looks like he fitted into Liverpool straight away I think I think he'll have a period where he's up and down a little bit in the first season but that'll just be adjusting to the league and the tempo of the league and things like that but all in all it looks a, an exciting squad an exciting couple of weeks coming up, isn't it? Games come thick and fast. Tottenham away in the league a week on Saturday. Champions League. These are the games as footballers you must live for. Yeah, and these are the tests now. Um, the the Tottenham away game is huge because we know that Tottenham's first eleven is arguably one of the best in the Premier League, and they've caused Liverpool's problems over the last couple of years. Um, Liverpool are going to have to be on the game there and really step up to the mark and hopefully lay a marker down in that game because if they can win that game then I think people really will start sitting up and thinking yeah they're definitely title contenders this year Do you prioritise the league over the Champions League? As a footballer how do you do that You know, when you set targets to the start of the season and because everyone's desperate for Liverpool to win the league again or can you not do that in your head? Um, oh, it, it, it's one of them I think what would the fans want? Do they want the Champions League again? Or do they want that league title? I think the league title is massively important. I think to get that back, we won the Euro last won the European Cup in 2005. We've been to two finals since then, which is an incredible achievement in itself. But to win the league after however many years now, I think it's, it's important that we need to win a league. Um, whether we can do it, I'm not sure because of how strong Manchester City are and how good of a team they are. It's a massive uh, gap to close from last year. Will City be as good as last year? Can they be as good as last year? That's up for question as well. But Liverpool definitely have the capability to win the league. Definitely. Just before we uh, wrap up and go on to yourself, I've got to ask you about Andy Robertson. He's named Scotland captain this week. Player who played in your who plays in your position. What have you made of him since he, he's come to Liverpool? I think he's been brilliant. I think he's he's fitted into everything nice that uh, Liverpool's about, his work rate. He, he's, he's one of them. He's I think when he, he looks at the likes of James Milner and Jordan Henderson, the first thing that they do is they work hard. They they believe in their ability uh, on the ball, but they get, they get around the pitch so well, and he's another one who does exactly the same. He's up and down. He's such an athletic player. He's took his opportunity when he's come in. People probably questioned why he was brought to the club when he first come in and could he compete for Liverpool and was he good enough? He's, he's shown that now and he's he's proved everyone wrong. It's been a hell of a year for him to be promoted to Scotland captain now. Um, it is brilliant. So, um, But he's another one of these players who's 
who's had a journey. Uh, he's played in sort of the, the lower league in Scotland. He's progressed to Dundee. Then he's played in the Championship and the Premier League with Hull, but then got his opportunity at Liverpool. And uh, he probably realises the what it's like to play in the lower leagues and where he's at now and the appreciation of it is that he's not never going to let go of it. Seems a lot in that Liverpool squad like that who've got good backstories, good characters who've had to work their way up to the top. I think it's the modern day football. I think when we look at the England squad from the summer, there was a lot of players who'd who played lower league football who'd been out on loan and understood what it was like to go out on loan. And yeah, I think that's it's the the modern day football as in our young players aren't getting opportunities in first team, so they're having to go and prove themselves on a loan deal and come back and, and really fight their way into the teams. Would you prefer to be coming through now or back 20 years ago? Would you would you prefer to do what you did or would you prefer to be in the academy system now? Uh, I'd prefer it to be now, if I'm being honest. I think it depends who's manager. I think if you've got Jurgen Klopp as manager, you want to be coming give through you a now. Goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the same at quite a few clubs within the Premier League. I think we're, we're not the only one, but Jurgen seems to be willing to give youngsters a chance and... Uh, promotes them to to train with the first team to, to to show what they can do and I like the fact that he allows them to make mistakes I think if you look at Trent's season last year it was never a perfect season there was times when he, he struggled uh, he had moments where he's cost Liverpool games as in he's made a mistake away at Old Trafford and things like that but he's allowed him the next game to, to prove him that he's learnt from it which he did um, and he's learnt from his mistakes and for it, he's, a, he's such a better player. And I think when you have that arm round you from a manager and that belief in you, it's so gr- it's great to have. And and that's why he's he's gone from strength to strength. You'll see that arm round you perhaps on Saturday. Klopp might give you a good half-time team talk. <laughs> but for yourself, I think we all see you on the TV doing your media work, doing some great work. Appreciate you coming in to spare the time today. Is that something now you've really got your your teeth into it? That's where you want to go. Um, I, to be honest, I don't know. I'm just going with it at the moment. I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy the different... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, doing the radio, the TV. I enjoy different aspects of it. It's it's fun for me. Um, I find it great talking about football, being able to have an opinion and, and sort of speak openly about it, whether people agree with it or not. It's always uh, interesting. You can have a, a few debates on social media, which is fun as well. So, but no, I, I am enjoying it. It's, um, I wasn't sure how I'd take to it. I knew sort of what before we talked last time, uh, I was enjoying it at that point, but taking it up on a sort of a, a full-time role is completely different where uh, there's a lot of studying for it, a lot of work that has to go into it. And I enjoy that side of it as well. Yeah, I think some people may think well, wrongly that a pundit just turns up, sits on a sofa or a couch and, and just says their opinion. But you guys really do put the uh, the hard graft in, don't you? Yeah, I think that's uh, experience as well, is that I, I watch people who I work with or I see other people and how they work behind the scenes and, and the work that goes into being prepared for a, uh, a game, whether that's on the radio and doing your work on the players and the formations and things like that or whether that's giving your opinion and being able to try and back it up. Sometimes you don't... I often hear people say, well, you, you haven't backed it up with anything. Sometimes that's just my opinion, and I don't really have to back it up. So there's there's two sides of it. Enjoying it, but do you think we'll ever see you in a dugout? I know the last time we spoke, you you, you know, that was an ambition of yours. I hope so. Um, I, 
I think at this moment in time, I'm, I'm enjoying... I, I feel like I owe my family some time, uh, my kids, where I can... I can take them to do things. I've had a summer holiday with them now for the first time I've had in, in God knows how long. Uh, well, I've never had one with them yeah. uh, where they've been off school. I can take them out for the day and do things over the weekend if I decide not to work that weekend. So it's it's been great to be able to take them to school, um, which is something I, I never used to be able to do because I was always up and down the motorway traveling and things like that. So I'm enjoying that side of it, but... There will be come, there'll be there'll come a time where I know I'll get itchy feet and I'll I want to get back into the game in in a, a professional way as not not just from the media side but to to be a coach or a manager ideally I'd love to be a manager and I'm sure there'll be a few pundits give me a bit of stick then <laughs> <laughs> Stephen really appreciate you coming into seas today mate really enjoy Saturday and uh, we look forward to watching the game ourselves yeah thanks very much for having me appreciate yeah. it cheers mate. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.